Okay, Joel, the floor is yours. The button has been pushed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rolling, Brian. Fred Loney's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores <laughs> brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 441, August 20th, 2020. 97 degrees was the high for this date, and that occurred in 1972. And in 1950, on this date, it was as chilly as 40 degrees. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic. Can't blame me for the stop production. Button, by the way. Chris Reavers, director of social media. John Hyde in the newsroom. And occasionally, Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense. Your mayor, Joe Souchere. I don't know how... Well, I, every time I say this, I... I guess I run the risk of admitting that I uh, am pretty uh, technically incompetent. Uh, but we were looking for a, a website for John Strominger, who is the Republican candidate against John Thompson in District 67A right. on the east side of St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, linked to it. Uh, it's a very modest website. I might be able to explain that in a moment. Uh, vote Strominger for Minnesota House uh, 67A, a man who will fight for human rights from conception to the grave without the right to life. All other rights are meaningless. And there's a picture of Strominger. He's an African-American guy. Uh, and then uh, that that's it. Uh, who is John Strominger? John is a man with a simple message. Vote for life. John believes in protecting all human rights. He will fight for the unborn, our children in our schools, the men and women who are homeless, those suffering from addiction, and the rights of elderly to vote to protect the and vote to protect the life of East Siders. He said, "Okay," and it says, "Get involved and volunteer today." And that's it. I can I can find no more. But I might have some more insight into that. I, I did call Jennifer Carnahan, and I said in my voicemail, "I'd like to talk to you about the plight." of urban Republicans, and I specifically mentioned this race in St. Paul, and uh, maybe she's avoiding me. Maybe she doesn't want to admit that they're they're not entirely helpful for uh, after making that telephone call, which was earlier today, I, I did, I started to do the email in the boathouse above this, uh, in the boathouse above Spoon Lake, mm-hmm. and uh, I got an email from Minneapolis Joe Uh, who writes, why more conservatives do not have strong political campaigns? Joe, I was listening to your podcast today regarding John Strominger and felt that I should share my experience as a conservative candidate. Uh, In the metro area, there is virtually no GOP organization. This means that non-DFLers are completely on their own for campaign fundraising and organizing websites, volunteers, literature, and phone calling. In a small legislative district like 67A, the Republican candidate will need to maintain gainful employment and then spend their own money and time outside of work hours to manage every aspect of their campaign. Maybe Strominger is not a good candidate for the Republicans, but it is more likely that he is very lonely and struggling financially. My experience is GOP voters give to things like their church, Catholic charities, Union Gospel Mission, Boys and Girl Scouts, Habitat for Humanity, and the Reverend Christopher. They also volunteer as 
coaches and help at homeless shelters and food shelves. However, they rarely give of their time or treasure to political campaigns. On the other hand, liberals do not donate to nonprofits, but they do give enthusiastically to political campaigns. Also, campaigns are more like social clubs for liberals. Therefore, when they volunteer to make political phone calls and deliver literature, they do not see those duties as a drudge. Rather, they are energized by a being by being around their like-minded comrades. Like you, I would love to have more garage logicians serving in local government near our tallest buildings, but as it is, it is very lonely and personally expensive for conservatives to run for local elected offices. Just uh, sharing my experience. Thank you for con- con- continuing to serve as our mayor, Joe. I didn't. I didn't mean to come off as disparaging of Strominger yesterday. I said. Uh, but based on what I can find, uh, he's either disinterested or it's this answer. He's just fighting a lonely battle and doesn't have any money. Uh, but I still don't know anything about him. I did email him from his site, but that's, but that it didn't send. It didn't make that airplane noise. You know, go, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And I tried to two different times and I to invite him on the show that, okay. that we want to help him. And uh, I, I just think it's a, a website that maybe is not completely uh, there technically yet. Uh, it says, you can, here's what I did. He goes, you go, contact. Okay. <laughs> Send us a message. And I did. Mm-hmm. I gave him my name and my email address and the website for GL and then a, a message. And then I hit submit and nothing happened. Hello. But I tried, as an experiment, of course, I did some other emails to make sure my uh, computer's working, and they went, they they made that sound. They made the noise. (laughs) They made the airplane noise. Gotcha. So I know it's working. Okay. It's working. So anyway, if you know John Strominger, and you would like to see him on our show, uh, be my guest uh, to intervene for us. Uh, because it's been a it's been a struggle uh, to to nail down uh, Strominger, uh, who I would be inclined to vote for if I lived in 67A, uh, because I wouldn't vote for that lunatic. And you can get in touch with us either through the new GarageLogic.com or just hit GL Joe at GarageLogic.com. And, th- and maybe that's what Carnahan uh, would be uh, inclined to not wish to address. Uh, if, 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 as Minneapolis John says, that sounds like a pretty good failing on the part of the GOP machinery, doesn't it? To, to not get in there and help these guys in the inner city, uh, with an R in front of their name. You would think so. You would think so. Yeah. That's just, it's positive Thursday though, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. Brought to us by our friends at Schoonover Body Works and Glass. Well, here's a little positivity from Barry Shockle. Uh, the Denver City Council on Monday evening voted 11 to 1 to reject a proposal that sought to replace the police department with an unarmed peace force. Oh. The lone vote was cast by Councilwoman Candy Sedabaka, a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, uh, who submitted the proposal. Sedabaka's motion would have been instituted peace officers in lieu of police, most of whom would have been unarmed and unprotected from persecution except in cases of self-defense or defense of another individual. Over the weekend, Denver Mayor Michael Hancock denounced the reckless and irresponsible proposal. Well, there's a little ray of hope. Uh, he told that Democratic Socialist to put it where the sun doesn't shine. Here's what I'd like to ask um, C.D. Baca. What was her, what was That's her name? That's close enough. So I can't. I want, would, here, I'll spell it. Sure. It's a strange name, and I don't mean to mispronounce it. Uh, Candy, C-A-N-D-I. That's sure. <laughs> Fog Hornable, Perfect yep. Health. Absolutely. Last name, C-D-E. Yep. 
capital B A C A. How okay. would you pronounce it? C D Baca. Wow. Here's what I would ask her. Just because the peace officers are unarmed, they would still be met as a target the same way police officers are right I now. Would, I, I would think so. Correct. But yeah, it sounds yeah. like they came to their it sounds like they came to their senses. Yeah. Uh, in Denver. Well, as uh, you like to say, adults got in the room finally. Adults got in the room and, and told this child to uh, sit down uh, and be quiet. Sit in the corner for a while. Yeah. Until you get your act straight. Uh, as the Democratic National Convention uh, plays out, uh, the elephant in the room still seems to be their complete uh, uh, what's the word I want? Their complete blackout on any news from the cities that are getting destroyed in this country, and so so they're just asking for us to uh, to trust them. Here's what I want to know. So far, if I'm not mistaken, hello, is that uh, me? Yeah, I think it might be. Hello, <laughs> that, that was me. I apologize. Yeah, it's okay, Kenny. Uh, not only are they. Jesus. <laughs> Hello. I remember yesterday I told you how my dad is bothering me nonstop. Yeah, why don't you uh, put the phone on silent? Yeah, I, I did. I'm sorry. Yeah. <sighs> Where was I? Retired people are the best, aren't they, Kenny? I'm about to be, the way this is going. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah. Uh, so far, and I certainly understand it uh trump is an unsavory character at best but the democratic national convention has nothing has been nothing you correct me if i'm wrong if this is hyperbole it's been pretty much a, a continuous loathing of trump and how he's not ready he's not serious he can't do it and so their message to the american public is we're not trump is that a fair statement yeah elect us so. yep. elect us we're not trump okay Fine, and that's might be enough to get them elected. But then what? What's your plan? What's what? Then what? Right. You're gonna just use Bernie Sanders' platform to bring us down? What? What's your What's your plan for the economy? What's your plan for jobs? What's your plan for uh, the everything? The environment? What What's your plan? Why Why are you? uh, I think they think it's enough to just say our loathing of Trump. Uh, is why we're here. But I think that, they think that's enough. Isn't that what they tried with Hillary, though? Yeah. And it. Didn't well, what work. do you mean? What do you that, mean? Wasn't that their same message, basically? That well, look at how disagreeable he is, and then that's basically what her entire message was when she was campaigning in 2016. Right. No, you're I, right. Chris is right. I think that in 2020, the Democrats uh, would have had even a better chance of defeating Trump with a better candidate with ideas. In other words, I really sincerely believe they think it's enough to just parade across the screen nightly the people who are ratifying their distaste for Trump. Well, okay, that's understandable, but what's your plan? <laughs> what, what's, what? American cities are in trouble under 50 years of this kind of rule. Portland is disappearing. Seattle, Chicago, New York, San Francisco. What, what are you going to do to turn that around? Are you ever going to mention it? Are you going to mention Cannon Hinnant? Are you ever going to take ownership of what's taking place under, under the guidance of your party? You know the answer to that. They're not going to. Ever. Being a Mysterian means never having to suffer any consequences. And I think they need, I think an honest discussion with the American public from their viewpoint would be really interesting. 
I'd like to know more what what they why they think as they do and why they think that's best. Uh, we're just so m- mired in identity politics that you know the only thing that was really that came across about Kamala Harris is isn't it wonderful? This is the first. She's the first. She's the first. This is just identity politics. Okay, she's the first, but what is she? She's probably going to be your president, by the way. I don't think and then uh, the entire country is going to end up like California. I guess where the uh, electric blackouts can be directly linked to uh, bad environmental policies. Uh, but it's it's positive Thursday, so yeah. yeah. I won't, I won't. <laughs> well, John, you're a flaming lefty now. What do you think about all I, this? Am I? I guess I. I guess I am. I, I guess. Well, don't I'm you not think? hearing a lot of ideas from anybody. I'm sorry. Well, Either side. No, you're not. Law and order. Unity. <laughs> There's your idea. 2020, John. Yep, yeah. there you go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I like get emails from them every day. I get, e- I get emails from Unity 2020 every day. You joined yeah. up. Mm-hmm. It seems like a crazy idea, but boy, is it fascinating. I just don't think the rest of the country and the far left and the far right as polarized as we are right now that they're going to bite. Well, we're too divided for that to work, don't you think? Unity 2020 is basically the installation as president, one person from each party to serve as co-presidents. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, Brett Weinstein can break that down uh, much further and more articulately. And it's just, it's just interesting as hell. He's, he's thinking outside the box. He's not thinking of an independent party. He's thinking each party puts up their most centrist candidate, uh, and let's see if the centrist candidate can win their party's nomination, and let's see if the other centrist candidate can win their party's nomination, and they serve together in kind of a dual Oval Office. I don't know. We go back to getting things done. Something has to be tried. Talking to each other. I think... think, uh, Sabotaging each other. Yeah, that's right. Do you think, though, with both sides having the the lunatic fringe on the edge, that'll ever happen? That's the only problem I see. I don't think so. It's unfortunate, but that's what, you know. We played the the ad of Kim Klasik, who is uh, running uh, in Baltimore. Uh, and I got a note from Carl Froelich, who writes, after listening to Kim Klasik, as you that you played in the podcast, I had to step back and wonder if I heard it correctly, so I listened again. In the ad, she lays out a lot of things that are bad about Baltimore, but in true political fashion, offers no solutions except the typical, I am not them. It would uh, be refreshing if politicians would stop blaming others and start offering solutions to problems, pushing back from God's country, uh, Cal, uh, up at Annandale. Uh that's true. She didn't offer, but uh, that's. Uh, she, I, I'm still intrigued by her, uh, an African American Republican woman, who is saying, "Look, I've I've lived through this, and uh, the party, the Democrats have not done a thing for anybody in 50 years, uh, and so I'm running." And he's right, but she didn't offer what she's going to what she would propose, for example. Uh, but it was it was just heartening to me to see uh, uh, a black woman uh, start to get the message we've been saying for years and years and years. You know, stop doing me a favor. You haven't done a damn thing for me. Well, boys. All right, done? then. See you tomorrow. Yeah, that's been a hell of a show. <laughs> I'll be back some other time. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah. Um, just to give you a little bit of a tease here in Garage Logic, um, our friend Mara Gottfried is um, chronicling. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter's 2020 budget address and um, oh, oh boy, <laughs> I don't Thursday. know. I don't know how it can be paid for. Oh, just wait till you hear what she's been tweeting out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Joe, it's okay. It'll be okay. Oh, I'll be, okay. be okay. Nah, they're gonna be okay. <laughs> nah, they're gonna be okay. No, no, it's not, Sid. You don't think so? I but Sid said so. so. The wait is over, and the gates are open for the first ever State Fair Food Parade. Oh, boy. At the Minnesota State Fairgrounds. You guys are, uh, are, are you all on some sort of drug? No. Th- that was you. That was Usually you. I can't stop you from interrupting, and today you haven't said a word. Well, that's because you've, you've well, drilled yeah, it into our brain. You sound depressed. And, and I'm afraid to step in your way. Are you okay? Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, uh, you don't sound like you. Well, how in the hell am I supposed to sound? Oh, angry, uh, all wound up, <laughs> ripped through 18 stories at once, right. you don't take a break, you've got a good solid point of view, and you're preaching, pounding on the pulpit, and uh, it sounds like you're in the lazy, a lazy boy, and you... Might have partied with Bob Marley about an hour ago. Or you took those drugs Patrick did when he was at the hospital and called in. This is the greatest <laughs> stuff ever. Made. Speaking of Patrick. Just... Yes, John. I don't, th- I don't think you sound that bad, Joe. Either do I, John. <laughs> Speaking of Patrick. Yes, sir. Kelsey's not giving up on the fact that Pat and I could be related. Because remember, my great-grandfather was the postmaster in Curry, Minnesota, yes, sir. which is in Murray County. Mm-hmm. And I said yesterday, I don't think uh, Pat and I could be related because that would make Pat about 140 years old. And uh, I, Kelsey's not giving up. Uh, Joe, I knew that you would find fault with my Murray County theory. It's a math thing. You surmised that it wouldn't be possible because it would make Pat about 140 years old. Au contraire, Mayor. Let's assume each generation is about 20 years. Pat was born about 1945. By the way, most of the young men would have been away at the war at that time, leaving the wily old postmaster an open field with the young ladies in the area. <laughs> Let's also assume that Pat's mother was in her late teens or early 20s when her postage was canceled. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> On the other side of the ledger, it is possible that your great-grandfather could have been as young as, as in his mid-50s at the time. I know you were born about 1950, so your great-grandfather could have been born as recently as the early 1890s. I don't think so. I think he's older than that. Making him 55 or 60 when he canoodled with Pat's mom. Oh, boy. No doubt he possessed the same rakish good looks and smooth demeanor as you, so she really never had a chance. I guess what I'm saying is the next time you see Royce, you just say, how's it going, great Uncle Pat? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I have to save this and tell Pat that I'm frightened of death by pointing out to Pat. We very well could be related. Well, let's see if I can find him. Yeah, let's see if he can. What's up? Well, that's not it. That's not what? it at all. I'm sorry. I was trying to find this. All right, so there you have it. Mom's defending the guy. He's weighing in. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's hope this is... Yeah. Oh, I might have to play that. Where, where was that? When was that from? That's the Scotland call. No. Yes, it is. It is? It's the abbreviated, call, uh, the abbreviated version of the Scotland call. With him. <laughs> right, when he was in the Star Trip building. 
Well, I think that's where that's from. I don't think that's part of the Scotland call. Sure it is, because it's, it's you guys on the old line. I got the full one and the short one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think you guys are related. You guys act way too similar to not be related in some way. He called me today. <laughs> <laughs> he said, which man's CD's Pat? Which man's CD's got the glasses and the other one doesn't? <laughs> is that Nick Jr.? I said, there is no current Nick Mancini. Here, Pat Mancini wears the glasses, and his brother John is the guy without the glasses. Oh, good, because I'm, I'm doing a story about cheetahs down there umpire, and I got to get that stuff straight. <laughs> <laughs> so you can schedule your own. Personal sales appointment at Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood right there on the southeast corner of Highway 61 and 36. Great dealership, multifamily, generational dealership. This is their only store. Three great marks. And right now, great deals. Uh, 0% for 72 months and 120-day payment deferment, uh, deferral, I'm sorry, for Volkswagen vehicles all 2019 and 2020, including that new Atlas Cross Sport. 0% interest for up to 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. Uh, check out the SUVs, two rows, three rows, what seats fold, which don't, how much stuff can you get in there, and you do that by going to the three distinct websites. SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Pick out the car or SUV you're most interested in. Then call for your own personalized sales appointment and test drive. 651-243-4316. Great people, great service, great vehicles. Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo and Fiat in Maplewood. Hey, we would love it if you could book a tee time with our partners at Siren National Golf Club in Siren, Wisconsin. Our friends Jeff and Sarah, they are the owners and are true diehard fans of Garage Logic. If you're not familiar, Siren National is a beautiful 19-hole championship course. Yes, they have an extra hole. You really have to see the beauty of this course for yourself. Check out a hole-by-hole video tour at their website right now, sirennational.com. They have mature pine and hardwood forest lines that bent grass, fairways, and greens. A lot of great natural features like woods, water, and rock. There are no houses on this course. You are in the North Woods. It's perfect for both veteran and beginner golfers, and it's also very affordable. Jeff and Sarah have priced rounds very fair. They want people to have fun without breaking the bank. Yes, and now, check this out. Through the end of the season, they have a special offer for any law enforcement officers. Just simply show your ID and get a free beverage with your round or $5 off your round of golf. Jeff and Sarah have two sons that are in law enforcement. It's very close to their heart. It's just their way of saying thank you. Book your tea time now at sirennational.com and please help support our fellow GLers and play Siren National. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. Rob in St. Paul writes, Schoonover Body Works recently replaced my bumper after I got in a crash, and I was impressed with how good it looked afterwards. They matched the paint color perfectly, kept me in the loop during the process, were friendly and responsive each time I talked to them. All that, and I got a GL sticker, too. I would definitely nice. recommend them to anybody. 
Um, Patrick writes, uh, if I can see it, second time in a month that I've used Schoonover and couldn't be happier. Professional, courteous, great quality. This uh, made a great experience. Thank you. And thank you for dropping me off and picking me up, driving me back to the car. I highly recommend this service. As I learned on GL, it's the best place in town. And my favorite one, and this reminded me of you, Joe, uh, Bill from Maple Grove writes, I recently bought a custom 67 Chevy pickup, discovered some light scratches in the windshield. Uh, I, As a GL resident, I called Schoonover Body Works and uh, jumped into the. Tr- they jumped into my mind. I sent them a text message. They immediately responded, asked if I could bring it in to look at. I made an appointment that afternoon, not knowing if they could even fix it. To my surprise, they directed me to pull right in where they got to work using a variety of products and techniques. Several of their guys came over to check the truck out and asked me about it. What a great bunch of guys. 20 minutes later, the scratches were gone. Needless to say, Schoonover will be my go-to for both my own needs and anyone asks, who asks me for recommendations. And this is what we get. Reavers, you've used them. I use them. Uh, my son used them. Such even went up there with a classic and got that thing back, and it was beautiful. Schoonover Body Works in Glass, they're a one-stop, third-generation, in-business joint for over 80 years they're located up in lovely Shoreview, County E, just a few steps east of Lexington. And that bodywork on your vehicle, guaranteed for as long as you own that rig. Our choice at GL, schoonoverbodyworks.com. If I'm not mistaken, they didn't even charge that guy for fixing his window scratches. God, Joe, huh. I, I added to that out on purpose, but you're, you're absolutely right. It, well, I was wondering I don't why... Want, I don't want GLers to go up there thinking I'm going to get yeah, you're something, right. You're right. something for nothing. But right. you're right, and that's the kind of guy Mike is. No, the better uh, they, way to put it is they exceed your expectations. I had them. I mean, I, all I want, yeah, exact. I, I agree with Joe. They're awesome. I'm never using anybody else again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Johnny Height. Yes. You're on. You want news now? Yeah. Thank you very much, Joe. This update brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store. In a lengthy phone interview with uh, our buddies in the building, Five Eyewitness News, Minneapolis Police Federation President Bob Kroll said that the police chief in Minneapolis, Madaria Arredondo, needs to fight for more police officers on the street, or in his words, step aside. Kroll said the chief needs to communicate to city political leaders that more officers, not fewer, are needed. If he can't stand up to city leadership and communicate that, then he needs to say he can't do it anymore and get another job. Uh, KSTP News asked Kroll if he specifically meant Arredondo should resign if he doesn't challenge police to funding, and he replied, yes. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry took to Twitter and responded to Kroll's remarks, saying Bob Kroll's brazen attack on Chief Arredondo is just the latest evidence of his consistent effort to block change and undermine progress. I stand with the chief. I stand with him in seeing through the deep structural change that we need. Minneapolis City Council Member Cam Gordon said, I'm not sure that Mr. Kroll has the most accurate or up-to-date information or in-depth understanding of the problems that we are facing as a city. I imagine he does. St. Paul police are investigating a homicide after a 61-year-old grandmother was found shot dead in the backyard of an east side home. Oh my Officers God. called to the 1100 block of Bush Avenue around 845 Wednesday night after a woman dialed 911 to say her mother had been shot in the head. The emergency dispatcher relayed to officers, caller found her mother and thinks she is dead, unknown where the suspect is. 
Responding officers found the older woman unresponsive in the backyard. Family members who gathered at the scene identified the victim as 61-year-old Teresa Janice. Relatives said her adult daughter lived in the home where Janice was staying to help out with her grandkids. The children were at the home at the time of the shooting, but it's unclear what they may have seen or heard. Her son Tim said she was just an innocent victim. Janice's death marked the 21st homicide of the year in St. Paul, the second this week. Police say they are still investigating. Minnesota Renaissance Festival will not be happening this year. That was announced uh, Wednesday due to COVID-19, of course. They say, although we disagree with the current state directives that prevent a spacious outdoor venue from opening, we recognize the difficulty of the state government's task. We share their goal of keeping Minnesotans safe and healthy. Renaissance Festival said it will continue to have events that can be done within current guidelines, including the Feast of Fantasy and the Phantom's Feast. Uh, the festival What's the also, difference between the two? <laughs> the festival also promised an exciting new event uh, in the coming days, so apparently they're going to be replacing uh, some of it with some other things that they can get done. You guys big uh, Renaissance Festival? I, I went to it one time, and I actually enjoyed myself. I had a I've good never, uh, I've never. You ever done the Renaissance Festival, bro? Nope, nope. Oh, it's a good time. Well, doesn't oh, it yeah. occur usually during the fair? Yeah, usually. It, but well, it, yeah. It's, it's, but it lasts longer, it lasts though. longer than the fair does. Yeah. Yeah. Fair would be starting a week from today if we did yes, not have a global pandemic. Yep. Yep. Uh, former White House advisor Steve Bannon arrested Thursday morning on charges that he and three others ripped off donors to an online fundraising scheme that was called We Build the Wall. The charges were contained in an indictment unsealed in Manhattan federal court. Federal prosecutors alleged that Bannon and three others orchestrated a scheme to defraud hundreds of thousands of donors in connection with an online crowdfunding campaign that raised more than $25 million to build a wall along the southern border of the U.S. A phone at the office of Bannon's lawyer went unanswered Thursday morning. According to the indictment, Bannon promised that 100% of the donated money would be used for the project, but the defendants collectively used hundreds of thousands of dollars in a manner inconsistent with the organization's public representations. The indictment said they faked invoices and sham vendor arrangements, among other things, to hide what was really going on. Before he was tapped to lead Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, Bannon led the conservative Breitbart News. After Trump was elected, he moved on to a top White House strategy post. Uh, he was considered an outsider a bit and pushed Trump to follow through on some of his most contentious campaign promises, including his travel ban for foreigners and his decision to pull out of the Paris Climate Change Agreement. But Bannon also clashed with the other advisors. He was pushed out in August 2017. Uh, Bannon, by the way, Arrested on a 150-foot yacht in Long Island Sound. No. When I, when I read he was that, out on the I boat, huh? Of, yeah, well, and all I could think of was if you watched Arrested Development, that was the pilot. Remember, they got arrested for fraud on a yacht. I don't remember that. Oh, yes. You're right. <laughs> That's all I could think of when I first, uh, first read it. President Trump on Wednesday praising the supporters of QAnon. That uh, pro-Trump oh. conspiracy. No, Dan, 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 don't, don't praise them. Of his candidacy. <sighs> Speaking during a press conference at the White House, the president courted the support of those who put stock in the theory, saying, I heard that these people, I heard that these are the people that love our country. 
Uh, QAnon has ricocheted around the corners of the Internet since late 2017, but has been creeping into mainstream politics more and more. The theory centers on an alleged anonymous high-ranking government official known as Q, who shares information about an anti-Trump deep state often tied to Satanism and child sex trafficking. I, this uh, Trump is too said, much. Trump said yesterday he hadn't heard much about the movement, other than I understand they like me very much. And it's gaining in popularity. John, quit smiling. I'm sorry. An FBI bulletin last May warned that conspiracy theory-driven extremists have become a domestic terrorism threat. The bulletin specifically mentioning Q. Without, at the risk of not starting a war with the GLers, I'm not trying that whatsoever, but wouldn't somebody on his staff have warned him, this, this probably isn't a good idea to bring them up, or do if you're asked about them? Do you think it matters well, if they, if they I'm, warn him? I'm trying to give him a little credit. I think that uh, QAnon is probably much smaller than they're being given credit for. What do you uh, mean? Well, you really got to be out there to believe that uh, there's some, uh, what, Satanist... Uh, child sexual abusers uh are you kidding me that are that actually have some sort of hand in the government well uh, but I, sex trafficking is a major problem in this country well read well, it again he, read the part again john child child i forgot that part. chris chris reaver's defending QAnon. No, no 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 i'm not at all but that but that issue is a big one in our country well it is certainly yes. yeah child trafficking sh- is major but they believe sure? they believe QAnon, yep. whoever mm-hmm. the hell that's q who's anonymous uh, he presumably leads a group that believes uh, Satanist pedophiles are trying to undermine Trump. Right. They, they're part of a deep state. And uh, QAnon uh, also, when it first started, among the people that were doing that were Hillary Clinton and other people who were abusing kids, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't so, believe uh, she has. How do you like no, that? No, I, I don't either. Yeah. Now, Bill, if you... Get led, had, you know. if you <laughs> If you get letters from Trumpers on that one, that'll be interesting. But, yeah. There's a really creepy photograph of Trump getting a, a neck massage from Epstein's Clint- sex. No, that, that, that's what did not I say? Trump. You not, said I'm you sorry, said Clinton. Trump. Clinton. 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 Yeah. Clinton. Well, there's plenty of creepy videos of Trump with Epstein, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Notice is QAnon any relation to Shananon? Any relation? No, oh, not at all. Okay. Huh? Uh, uh, Boy, did that fall flat, scared. because the group, Chris, it is Sha-na-na. Got it. Yeah, there's no N at the end. Darn it. Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Bowser Russia. and the boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Russia. No, 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 no. Wow. Sorry. I thought I'd I've lost control, in. I think. Russian well, because doctors. you're not assertive, John. You're not assertive, and there's a technical to... delay today that's making things a bit difficult. <laughs> I get yeah, weird sounds, but I, I, I like know, but just sounds. put it out of your mind. Right. Russian doctors are fighting to save the life of leading opposition figure Alexei Navalny after he was rushed to intensive care in Siberia, suffering from what his spokeswoman said was a suspected poisoning. Of his tea. Yes, of his tea. And we have talked about this fellow before. Uh, He's a 44-year-old lawyer and anti-corruption campaigner. He's among Vladimir Putin's fiercest critics. He's in a coma in a hospital in the city of Omsk after he lost consciousness on a flight and his plane made an emergency landing. A spokesperson for Navalny, Kiri Armish, said he was on a ventilator and tests were being carried out. He is in serious but stable condition uh, with what they are calling toxic poisoning. The spokeswoman pointed the finger at Putin, saying whether or not he gave the order personally, the blame lies with him. But Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said he knew of the illness and, quote, as with any citizen of Russia, we wish him a speedy recovery.
Yeah, BS. New artwork, <laughs> <laughs> New artwork was unveiled Wednesday inside the council chambers of the St. Paul City Hall and Ramsey County Courthouse after concerns from the public that the original murals from the 1930s were not welcoming to women and people of color. St. Paul and Ramsey County launched a new project. It developed a contemporary community-based artwork for four new murals in the council chambers. Uh, one of the artists who worked on them, Emily Donovan, said it's very exciting. I think it's important to have something inspirational, especially within a setting where public policy is being made. The new murals, by the way, covered the old art in the council chambers. The original artwork has been preserved and may be uncovered in the future. I have more to say about that after your newscast, John. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you uh, guys morning people? I am not. I'm not. Who would we lose? Uh, I am. Okay. I'm not. It's bad to, I am, and it's bad apparently, Kenny, for you and I. Those at higher genetic risk of Alzheimer's disease are more likely to be morning persons, Ooh. according to a study. Researchers have also found that people who have a greater risk of developing the progressive condition are less likely to have insomnia. The findings published in the journal Neurology are based on an analysis of data gathered from different genome-wide association studies, which involve identifying genes associated with various human diseases. Scientists warn the effect of associations are quite small and show only a possible link, not really cause and effect. Uh, uh, This project used 63 or almost 64,000 people uh, to try and figure out what's going on in that area. I don't I, uh, like to get up early, but I can and do, I, but I don't like I, it. I, I, I started, right away. started being a morning person after I stopped getting blackout drunk every day, Joe. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I apologize to the GLers for, the, uh, for Kenny, uh, for uh, John. I apologize for the uh, technical delay that's uh, starting to really, really bother me. (laughs) (laughs) The laughter of the laughter of affectation. (laughs) Uh, I just want us to keep talking so we don't go to break and I get yelled at. (laughs) It's unique to today, as I understand. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. A group of Finnish researchers believe they've discovered what people have spent centuries looking for—a cure. For hangovers. Ain't no such a, thing. A dose of 1,200 milligrams of amino acid L-cysteine was found to reduce alcohol-related nausea and headache, while a dose of 600 milligrams helped alleviate stress and anxiety. All of this according to a study published in the journal Alcohol and Alcoholism by researchers at the University of Helsinki and Eastern Finland. The randomized double-blind study had 19 healthy male volunteers consuming alcohol doses of 1.5 grams per uh, kilogram over three hours in a controlled setting. Subjects were then asked to swallow placebo or L-cysteine tablets containing vitamin supplements. Researchers say that as well as reducing or eliminating hangovers entirely, it also helped reduce the need for drinking the next day uh, because sometimes when you're hungover, you you just start again, right? Hair of the dog, John. Yeah. So that uh, cuts the risk of alcohol addiction. This huh. this this might point more at myself than anything else. I don't get hangovers. I really don't. Well, yeah, yeah. that is uh, okay. a Chris thing. Okay. <laughs> well, I gotta I gotta I gotta go with Reavers. Either do I. Uh huh. I don't either, but I don't drink to excess. Well, maybe that's anyway. why I don't get them. Yeah, I don't drink any more. I don't drink any less. It's an old yeah. joke, but yeah. yeah. Uh, did you know an asteroid just flew by the Earth at oh an boy. extremely close distance? Very close. 
The good news is it was only about the size of a car, but the bad news is NASA had no idea that it was coming. Oh, someone was asleep at the wheel? In fact, NASA only discovered it about six hours after it had passed the Earth. If NASA couldn't see that asteroid coming straight at us, people wonder what else is heading toward us that they can't see. It's been estimated there are about 17,000 big near-Earth asteroids remaining undetected. Uh, the truth apparently is, though, we don't really know how many giant space rocks are out there. Scientists around the world are doing their best to catalog new potential threats all the time, but what most people don't realize, it's an area where technology is still very limited. Uh, this asteroid, uh, it was August 15th, it was hurtling toward us at 27,600 miles per hour. Hmm. NASA, NASA has a plan to improve the ability to detect incoming asteroids, and that'll be welcome news uh, for folks who are worried about it. The bad news, though, uh, the space telescope at the heart of this plan will not be launched until 2025. A fight over the placement of political signs led to a man punching his neighbor in the face in Volusia County in Florida. Deputies said the fight happened Friday on Shell Road in DeBerry, Florida. It started when a witness told his neighbor that another neighbor, Anthony Vulo, had taken the man's campaign sign and thrown it across the yard. The man confronted Vulo about why he threw his campaign sign, and Vulo said he was upset that the man had put the sign in a way that blocked his own sign, according to the affidavit. During the confrontation, deputies said Vulo pushed his 48-year-old neighbor, then his neighbor pushed him back. And, oh then, and then he hit him on the left side of the face. Vulo admitted to authorities he was upset about the victim's sign blocking his own sign. Uh, though a witness backed the victim's account of Vulo pushing the victim first, Vulo said the victim pushed him. He only punched him because the victim swung first. Uh, the victim had obvious signs of injury to his left eye but declined medical attention. Vulo, 55 years old, was arrested on a battery charge. The Cheers Bar in Boston yeah. is closing. No! It's closing. Yeah, after two decades in business. CEO Marcus Ripperger confirmed to CBS Boston the iconic bar... No, oh, I shouldn't have oh, said that. That's, right. that's yeah. Fog Carnival. That's Fog Carnival. The bar is a replica of the set for the popular sitcom Cheers, which aired from 1982 to 1993. It appears, Ripperger says, the bar was a casualty of the coronavirus pandemic. He said the pandemic and lack of help from the landlord played into the decision to close. The Cheers bar is set to close on August 30th. The location that originally inspired the series will remain open on Boston's Beacon Street. While the TV show has been off the air for decades, the bar where everybody allegedly knows your name has remained a landmark. Uh, the show, boy, it was a great show, and it, it still plays well if you watch it. I didn't realize this, so 117 Emmy nominations. Really? Was on, wow. And, and won 28 Emmys. Hmm. It's a it was a great number. show. Yeah. A Nevada Highway Patrol trooper was stunned after he pulled over a hearse that was driving in the carpool lane. The driver asked if the corpse he was transporting counted as his passenger. Trooper Travis Smaka spotted the Chrysler minivan hearse going southbound in the HOV lane on Interstate 15. The driver appeared to be alone, but that was because Smaka was not counting the, quote, dearly departed in the back, according to the Nevada Highway Patrol. So Smaka flashed the lights of his patrol car, pulled over the hearse driver, collecting his license and registration. Must have been a he slow day in Nevada, huh, Kenny? <laughs> What are you pulling over a hearse for? Come on. He was expecting to hear one of the more typical excuses that the driver might be running late, but instead the driver nodded toward the rear of the minivan. Smaka took the hint and said, 
oh, you have a deceased person in the back. And the driver said, so he doesn't count? That, according to the affidavit, the trooper had no choice but to break the bad news. Cars are only allowed in the carpool lane when they're carrying at least two living, breathing people. Well, uh, the, yes. That's, that's great to know that. <laughs> the officer said the interaction gave him a good chuckle. Did you have a good chuckle from that one? Everybody? Not really. I'm finding it a terribly boring story. <laughs> a bit tedious, too. Tedious. Oh John, thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> That'll do it for you. Well, That'll no, John, John. Signing John. off now. No, I want yes. you to stay with us, though. Oh, uh, I will, yes. yes. Yeah, that if this story were laughing, the, the, the big hook would come out on stage and slowly <laughs> pull you off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about those murals uh, in the St. Paul City Hall. It's a, it's a real uh, interesting view into the salon, and we will do so in just a moment. It didn't take long for business owners to get the message that Sioux Falls, South Dakota is open for business. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. We're getting a lot of inquiries about available sites in Sioux Falls for 100,000 square foot buildings. Maybe it's because South Dakota has seen less of an impact from coronavirus than other states. There have been fewer job losses here, and our state government is ending the fiscal year with a surplus. In Sioux Falls, you pay no corporate or personal state income tax, get one of the lowest workers' comp rates in the country, see a significantly lower cost of doing business, and your business won't be tied up, locked down, or hung up in red tape. Visit SiouxFallsDevelopment.com and get the facts. Sioux Falls is the right-sized community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand your business to Sioux Falls. Pay us a visit at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Got a great tweet from our friends at Harmony Spirits with the photo of Connie, a CI girl, boys. She stopped in on her way from Hayward, Wisconsin, and... Unlike Reavers, she actually checked the hours before she came down of our tasting room in Harmony, Minnesota. Thank you, Connie, for supporting our friends at Harmony Spirits. It is a beautiful tasting room located there in Harmony, Minnesota. Handcrafted spirits made right here in the state of Minnesota. And go to their Twitter account and sign up for their newsletter. They are going to be selecting uh, winners every single month to receive a free bottle of Harmony Spirits of your choice Take the bourbon whiskey, that's my particular favorite, but also the the gin, the vodka, the rum, it's fantastic. Harmonyspirits.net, go look where they're, uh, go look where you can uh, get their products, and by the way, stop in at your local liquor store. That's what they would like you to do. Go into your local liquor store and ask for Harmony Spirits by name. Do them a favor and help us support a proud GL sponsor. Joe? Two little girls just flew by the window, racing to the ferry mailbox. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> John? Yes. You had a story in your newscast about the introduction of new art in mm-hmm. City Hall in St. Paul. And I got a note from uh, Kelsey, 
who said, I would really be angry if I was of Mexican heritage and all of the enlightened ones could, co- all the enlightened ones could come up with for a depiction of my ancestors as a female migrant farm laborer picking vegetables. What about all of the Mexican Americans who have created, owned, and operated businesses in this state for the past 100 years? The reason they gave for getting rid of the original murals in the first place was that they were from a bygone era and didn't accurately represent development of Minnesota into what it is today. I have been uh, keenly interested in this story because it might have been my first awareness of the salon and to call it the salon. And I wrote about this uh, two years ago and I did some homework, uh, which apparently was not done uh, by any of the city council people. What they're replacing uh, are beautiful paintings Uh, that were done by an artist named John Warner Norton, who was born in 1876. He was a muralist based in Chicago. He traveled the world and spent considerable time with Native Americans, whom his critics seemed to think he somehow debased. Norton was also an admirer of Diego Rivera, a famed Mexican muralist who was also an atheist and a Marxist, and I wrote, which would seem to score him some points with the local progressives. The point being that the terribly self-important among us are not only comfortable whitewashing history, they apparently are just as comfortable justifying discrediting the artist because he was inconveniently enough born white. Norton's works appeared in universities, town halls, banks, newspapers, churches, private residences. Norton is responsible, for example, for a mural in the bank president's office of the National Farmers Bank in Owatonna, a famous bank, one of Louis Sullivan's jewel box designs. Norton worked with architects and private parties. He worked with major institutions. His work is at Notre Dame. Norton's mural for the Chicago Daily News, which he considered his best, painted in 1929, is now crated and in storage due to changes in the building over the years, crated and stored the way some of Frank Lloyd Wright's rooms have been spared. Uh, My knowledge of art is insufficient to corroborate Doug Nielsen's contention that our art education is lacking. People in powerful places don't know a damn thing. Nielsen is the uh, guy who I have uh, does all my framing, if I ever had anything framed, at Grand Hill Gallery. Uh, And he said that at at the time in history, Nielsen said, it would have been an honor to be displayed in that building, by which Nielsen meant the Ramsey County Courthouse, which also houses the city council chambers. Uh, but they didn't, the people who didn't do any homework, uh, but they now know Norton's intent better than he did. On the city, go- city government's own website, not only are Norton's works shown, but they are described with what appears to be, I suppose by now, an outdated expression of pride. The point is, they're gorgeous pieces of the era. Uh, but because they show uh, Native Americans, for example, uh, loading a ferry boat with supplies, uh, I can't remember what the other ones are, they, they are thought by the modern lens of, of progressivism that they are somehow demeaning to people, which was never Norton's intent. No. Uh, and, and the salon comes along and power washes these beautiful, beautiful pieces of work and replace them with, with Fairly meaningless work, uh, no offense to the current artist, but uh, nowhere near the historical significance and importance of Norton's work. Uh, John, if you have this story, would you read me a quote by, I think you quoted an artist in the story that it was in the Pioneer Press. I did, and I don't have the story because it won't pop up. I tried to pop it up when you uh, first started reading the story. 
This is from, well, you keep looking and I'll keep reading. All right. Uh, Here's from Norton's own biography. From the south to the north, Norton traveled to St. Paul, where his four designs were placed in the council chambers of the Ramsey County Courthouse and City Hall. For these murals, still extant, Norton translated his admiration for the worker into mural decorations. In a letter to Thomas Ellerby, I believe that would be the architect of the courthouse, he related his idea of using the workers to symbolize the four important activities responsible for the town, the river, railroads, farms, and builders. I want them to be a sort of glorification of the ordinary guy who packed the canoes on the old portage, stacked the grain, drove the spikes, and mixed the concrete. The concept was borrowed from the Rivera murals he saw in Mexico while traveling with his youngest daughter, Nancy. Here, both were exposed to the Mexican mural movement as they saw murals by Diego Rivera in Mexico City and Cuernavaca. Norton's works during this period indicated that he would have been closely aligned with America's own mural movement during the WPA. Had Norton lived a decade longer, who knows what he might have accomplished. But even with his Minnesota murals, he began losing ground to his health. His assistant, Tom Lee, had to complete these murals when Norton became too ill. St. Paul got almost the lack of Norton's work. He died in 1934, two years after the completion of the St. Paul work. And now we are governed by people who intend to dishonor the ordinary guy that Norton portrayed, and they have done so today. They have covered up Norton's murals and replaced them with way in their, with, with what in their infinite enlightenment they believe to be more suggestive of the way Minnesota grew, which is utter B as in B, S as in S. Uh, as Kelsey noted, wh- why are you uh, uh, saluting Mexican-Americans with a painting showing a, 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 Mexican-American, a Mexican woman picking uh, vegetables? What, what? It's just beyond my comprehension. I do have the quote from Emily Donovan. Uh, It's very exciting, Donovan said. I think it's really important to have something that's inspirational, especially within a setting where public policy is being made. For my piece, I hope they can see the different ways people come together as a community. Well, it's a meaningless statement. In their eyes, Mexicans are migrant workers, and that's it? Yeah. Oh, well, boy. It, it's worse wow. than that. It, it's worse that's than that. Super. In my feeble brain, that's super uh, racist. <laughs> but but or wrong at, le- at the very least. But what's so insidious about this is Jeez. they're covering up works that were considered treasures. It was a. It was an honor to have Norton's work appear in this new building. As, as Doug Nielsen points out, the, the uh, man I went to for reference. It was an honor at the time to have an artist of his renown featured in the courthouse. I, wa- I looked at the murals. There's nothing debasing about them except it reflects the time, and the salon will not accept that. They power-washed one of the great muralists of all time, and you would think that Norton's devotion to a Mexican muralist who was terribly famous, Diego Rivera, would have been enough to uh, mollify them. And, and, and that wasn't. Uh, they didn't do their homework. They don't know what sins they've committed by covering these up. They threatened to unveil them occasionally. I don't know on what occasion they, they would find suitable uh, to, to remind us of the beautiful original work that they intentionally have covered up. And it's, a, it's again, it's a part of a piece of what's taking place uh, in a great, great culture war that has no leaders. It has no end game. 
It has no parameters. It's just whatever the salon dreams up. And uh, I, I just uh, I just found myself to be a great admirer of those murals on the occasions when I would see them uh, in reporting days when I would go over to City Hall. And they uh, they were exactly what I thought them to be. They were evocative of the muralist period of art in America. You Are you guys all familiar with Diego Rivera? Uh, I am only vague. because you've yes. referenced him on the show before. Yeah, yes. yeah. and it's just uh, it's just a crying shame. It's just a shame to 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 replace that with. And again, I'm not diminishing the artists, but none of them are well known, and none of them have achieved fame. And I hope they do. I hope they do. But it's it's a crying shame to have replaced Norton with such mediocrity. I know that sounds cruel to the current wave of artists, and I don't even mean their brushstrokes are mediocre. That's not what I'm suggesting. They're fabulous artists. What I'm suggesting is they haven't captured anything the way Norton captured life in 1932. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they know how to paint in the, uh, the, the, uh, uh, the murals themselves are colorful and they're done well, but they don't capture anything of significance. They speak to no history. They re- make no reference to anything, but they're, they pass the muster of the salon because the salon is uh, not capable of embracing truth and history in art that merely reflected its time period. And again, this is a, a small piece in what's happening all across the country and it's a it's a crying shame it's a just a crying shame uh we had this come up before with an artist born in winona who did some western sculptures do you recall that discussion yes Mm. uh yeah Yeah. i'm trying to think what that was uh but it's happening everywhere and it's it's a shame that all of the people in saint paul have have not seen those original murals and and uh they immediately put you in a place of mind where you, once you see them, uh, well, I got to be as old as I am, I guess. You know, you know that you've seen their likenesses elsewhere in the country. You notice that you've seen that muralist movement in other buildings around the country. And as I said at the time, it was a tremendous, tremendous honor to have his work, none of which was intended to do anything but celebrate the working man who built St. Paul: railroad, river, farms, and concrete. That's, and that had to be removed. Uh, yeah, I sometimes I, that. I, uh, uh, okay. I've noticed that they they. Well, of course, we've talked about this before. They don't look into the history deep enough. They just completely ignore the history. They take whatever they're seeing at face value and how it translates in their racist minds and. Roll with the new and celebrate the new while just completely discounting the past. That's worse than that, Kenny. They replace truth with their own emotions. Well, could I read you oh, a... that well said. Yes, exactly. Well, could I read you a quote from uh, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter? Thank you to Mara Gottfried on the uh, 2021 budget. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> quote, developing a budget that neither raises property taxes nor lays off city staff put a lot of pressure on every bu- other budget item. In this process, we explored that I accepted every viable reduction strategy we could in every core department to meet these goals. To be clear, this budget will result in significant pain points for our community. Our city employees will likely face reduced hours and reduced titles, and managing uh, vacancies and attrition will likely lead to staffing challenges across city departments. 
Well, uh, first of all, yep. uh, that's hypocritical nonsense. Uh, he's been on a hiring spree, for God's sakes. He's gone ahead with Ide Mill Road Project when the money wasn't there, for God's sakes. And during the uh, COVID uh, pandemic, when uh, workers in the private sector were taking pay reductions or getting furloughed, uh, no such thing occurred at City Hall. Uh, we're not in this altogether. The political class has remained uh, living on their third rail, uh, essentially immune from the sacrifices other people have made. And uh, how do you raise property taxes if you don't change the mill rate? In other words, the value of my house is not going to reflect a change mill rate, which would allow them to raise my property taxes or the property taxes of everybody in the city. Well, a significant part of the budget solutions this year, Joe, were made with the help of Governor Walls, who took $23.5 million of the CARES Act funding the state received from the feds and made it available to the city of St. Paul. So it's a shell game. Well, while you still have some money in your pocket, yes, sir. Uh, get out to EcoFund Motorsports. <laughs> really, do it now while you still got some Today. dough. <laughs> while you still got some dough, get out to EcoFund Motorsports on Highway 61 in Forest Lake and get yourself one of those fantastic Bintelli e-bikes or one of the great scooters that turn every errand into an adventure. Uh, the full line of Yamaha motorcycles, great recreational equipment for young people, helmets, apparel, great service department. But I'm telling you, these scooters are fun. They're nimble. They're wonderful for urban commuting. Don't you dare get on a busy street with them. I can teach you how to drive a scooter through town. It's called the checkerboard method. Mm-hmm. You're always safer crossing a busy street than turning from one. Let that sink in for a while. But they're great for parking. They're great on gas mileage. They're great for students. They're great for people who don't have long commutes. Uh, it's just fantastic. And they've got a wonderful supply at EcoFund Motorsports. And Tim's daughter, Kayla, is a nationally recognized go-to person on the Bentelli e-bike. She has uh, really studied it, knows it, uh, can help you uh, make your decision on which Bentelli e-bike would be best for you. And you will have a lot of fun, a lot of bike riding left during this uh, summer of the of the China virus. At uh, <laughs> EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to learn right now. 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. They're celebrating Pastry Week. Boys, pay attention. I went there for brunch with my two heathens on Sunday. They have a pastry program with homemade apple turnovers and cinnamon rolls that are spectacular with your brunch. Check them out. They come from Kingdom Cafe Bakery in St. Paul, and they are wonderful. Check out their entire menu online, 30bales.com. Don't forget about happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m., Tuesday through Friday. A number of great $5 menu items and handcrafted cocktails, and dinner is out of this world. Just get the Juicy Lucette. Don't be a dum-dum. 30bales.com is their website. Please, when you make your order, take, get your takeout, whatever you do, let Todd and Tom, the longtime owners of that, that establishment, know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic podcast. A tremendous email from uh, Finley Anderson and Hugo. Subject, concerned Hugo resident. <clears throat> 
The first thing I want to say is thank you for your journalistic service. The mainstream media is doing nothing but a whitewash and does not and does no service for freedom-loving Americans. It's up to journalists like yourself to fight the good fight and give citizens the unfiltered facts so we can think for ourselves. Just a minute, I have to cough. Okay, I'm going to pull that down while the mayor relieves his throat <laughs> at that. <laughs> Thanks, Kenny. <laughs> My pleasure. Yep. We are residents of Hugo, Minnesota, and live. Uh, I'm not going to give these uh, give the address. Uh, and Bob Kroll is one of our neighbors. Good family, and sad to see what is happening to him. But Bob is a strong guy. With the protests last Saturday and ensuing events, the neighborhood is under attack, and I want to reach out to you. Uh, at the least for guidance, and the most to be a contact for you so that you can tell our story. Saturday's protest in our neighborhood, thankfully, was not a riot, but it was far from peaceful. We were stunned with how organized it was. The convoy of vehicles arrived being escorted by a security team on motorcycles. Most were armed. The motorcycles blocked intersections so the convoy could remain together. Once in the neighborhood, they maintained a perimeter and sped around they, again, an address that I won't give. They almost took out one of the neighbor's kids, and their father almost got into a fight with them, not about protesting, but about excessive speeds and putting the children in danger. We found it hilarious that after the confrontation, the motorcyclist went to one of the two squads parked in the area and reported the confrontation to the officers. What hypocrites. On one hand, protesting to defund and dismantle the police, and on the other, to go so quickly to them when a confrontation arose. We recognize the protesters' rights to protest, but they were vile. Every neighbor that they made eye contact with was labeled a white supremacist, even the children. One protester ranted at the children, telling them that their grandparents were white supremacists, that their parents are white supremacists, and that they are going to be white supremacists themselves. We found this very offensive in their idea uh, and their idea of white privilege. If they knew our story, how hard we have worked to where we are at, taking no handouts to get here and helping at-risk youth. The vitriol that they spewed showed their true colors. The protest reached a new height when John... Thompson started to rile up the crowd and threatened to burn houses in the city of Hugo, a point echoed by many in the crowd. The topic of arson is very sensitive to our neighborhood since one of our neighbor's houses burnt to the ground at 11 p.m. Sunday, August 2nd, and as far as we know, the root cause of the fire has not been identified. The protesters in their chanting told the neighborhood to look at the house that burnt to the ground and to pay attention because if Bob Kroll doesn't resign, his house and the whole neighborhood would be next and the whole neighborhood would look like that house. Tell me, is this a threat? Yes, of course it is. The neighborhood contacted the city attorney and the Washington County Sheriff to file charges of terroristic threats at the end, at the very least, a restraining order. We were told by the sheriff's office that the city attorney that they reviewed the footage and made the determination that John Thompson violated no law. We ourselves looked up Minnesota statute section 609.713 and it is clear that John Thompson broke the law. Further, our neighborhood has been vandalized since and on Monday night several residences and cars have been coated with soup mayonnaise cheese eggs and who knows what else in that pile of mess john thompson through his protest and his words has incited this violence to take place in our neighborhood he needs to be held accountable on monday night the city of hugo had a scheduled town hall we called them and told them that we wanted to discuss what was happening in our neighborhood they told us not to come and that they did not want this topic brought up during the town hall wow. they told us that they would set up a separate meeting in our 
neighborhood to discuss. To date, there has been nothing communicated to us regarding this meeting, and we feel like we have all been left to our own defenses. How can politicians and activists like John Thompson and BLM make terroristic threats that are well documented and have no repercussions? What is even more disheartening is how the media gives this no coverage other than that he offered an apology, which frankly was no apology, just another insult. Please let me know if there's any information that we can pass on to you to report what is happening in our neighborhood. We fear that if events like this are not stomped out, they will become more common, putting too many hardworking families and honest, good people at risk. On the same token, we would like to maintain some level of anonymity as we fear mob violence and more vandalism in the neighborhoods. Well, I, I mentioned his name, but thank God thank God, he was smart enough to keep the addresses out of that. Uh, here's what you can do uh, in Hugo. Do your homework and find the, uh, find the website for John Strominger running against John Thompson in 67A. Uh, do enough homework to satisfy yourself that he has a chance to beat John Thompson and maybe send him five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. Uh, I would like to help uh, Strominger. First, I would need to talk to him and get to know him, but I would personally like to help him or, or this lunatic is going to get elected. And it, that would be a shame. It would be a shame for the people of District 67A to have this figure representing them. He has no desire to go to the legislature for any reason except to account for his own personal grievances. That does not help you, Lake Phelan residents, East Side residents. That does not help you. And uh, so what you people in Hugo might do uh, is just what I suggested. Uh, in fact, I'll give you, I'll look it up here just a moment. I have it right here. And we go to... Uh, right here. Uh, go to HTTPS. Oh, no, not this again. <laughs> no, go to uh, John for House. That's the uh, the numeral for John for House 67A.com. John for House 67A.com. His email is Strominger, S T R O M E N G E R. Four capital F on four, but it's all one word. Strominger four sixty seven a at gmail dot com. Those that came to me from Chris out in Hugo, uh, who is just a nine iron from uh, Grundhoffers. Uh, Grundhoffers old fashioned meats in Hugo. I bet you. I bet you that's where all of Hugo shops, don't you think? Well, they have to. I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, it's better than a grocery store. Hmm? It's the meat capital <laughs> of the world. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Spencer's adding 2,500 additional square feet to keep making more of the wonderful meatloaf and the brats, and the, they have all the steaks and the burgers and the sliders and the spices and the cheeses and the uh, uh, sliders and the, uh, the skewers and the shrimp and the salmon and the thick cut bacon and the thick cut ham you know the drill it's become your favorite meat place in all of america it's called uh, grunhofer's old-fashioned meats in hugo right on the east side of 61 at the north end of hugo but that would be my suggestion we need to find out more again i'm putting out a plea i, to, I can't uh, find it john, is it john j-o-h-n yeah St- strominger actually the the number four yeah house, house. Yep, 67A, small a, dot com. 
Go and back. I, oh, go and ahead. I told you, I emailed both. At, at I, I emailed John for house67a.com, and I did his personal email, strominger for 67a at gmail.com. And I have a feeling those emails did not successfully get sent. Can we go back to the email for a brief moment? Of course. In, in, in the email, um, it was mentioned that one of the residents in that neighborhood's house burnt down, and you said August 2nd. Does that, as, is that in as in 18 days ago? That house uh, was burned down. Uh, that's how I. That's how I took it. And they don't know the root cause. Or, or is there a possible link here to what I took don't, place I, on I, Saturday? I, th- I think that would be presumptive to say. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I doubt it. It could have been a lightning strike. I have no idea. Sunday, uh, August second was a Sunday. I remember it being very nice weather, though. Oh, oh, oh! The, the, is is he the guy with the dreadlocks? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, he's not. No, he's he's not. What is he's he, John? Old, he's the older fellow with the gray hair. Well, he's not because black? No, guy, he's not black. I've been I selling him as a black guy. I thought you did, and I was going to ask you that. Well, how do you know? Air, Who's the guy in the... You're talking well, about there's, there's a black guy flanked by two white guys. On the main page, there's a picture of one oh, person, Christ. and it says right underneath that, it says John Stromager for Minnesota House 67. Yeah, they're going to be okay. A, this is a Caucasian <laughs> fellow with gray hair who looks to be 65. The guy with the old. dreads is the guy I brought up yesterday, Joe, Alexander Deputy. 67. And he's he's yeah. Senate 67. Okay, yeah. now I'm bringing up the website again, oh boy. and I'm looking at the picture of John Strominger, mm-hmm. and yes, he's a white guy. That picture wasn't there an hour ago, John. It was a picture okay. of a black yeah. guy flanked by two white guys, neither well, of whom was Strominger. That's, that's, that's on the next oh. page, on the About page. Oh, There's a home yeah. about and contact. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think we all agree Strominger needs to get out there. Yes. And uh, he needs to get out there loud and proud. No, I go to home. Here we go. <laughs> go to yeah. about. Go to go about. To about. Okay. 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 Strominger is uh, to the right of the black fellow in the middle. And Correct. there's another guy to his left. Yes. Okay. But, but do you agree with me that there's not enough information to know much about him? There is not at all much information, I would agree. So I'm asking GLers, will you please put this fellow in touch with us? We want to help him. We want to help him. We need to learn more about him and help him. We don't need to elect the likes of John Thompson to the legislature. Mm -hmm. That would be maddening. Maddening. How old do you have to be before you wear your cell phone on your belt? Has <laughs> <laughs> he got it on his belt? Yep, I see it there. Yeah. He does. Yeah. I always wondered about that. Jeez. Am, I, am I that age yet? Because <laughs> I Say, got a positive, stuff uh, hanging off my belt. Yeah. Uh, positive Thursday. Here we go. Yeah. Well, well, I, I love these stories. I love nature. I, I love animals. Not seen for almost 50 years, the elephant shrew, a diminutive relative of the elephant, has been spotted in Djibouti, in the Horn of Africa. Also known as Somali Sengi, Elephantulus rivoli, the mammal has a long nose, large eyes, and a tuft of fur on its tail. It is related to elephants, aardvarks, and manatees, according to a statement from the Global Wildlife Conversation, and has been lost to science since 1968. How could that huh. be? For us living in Djibouti, 
and by extension, the Horn of Africa, we never considered the Sengis to be lost, but this new research does bring the Somali Sengi back into the scientific community, which we value, uh, value study co-author Hussein Rayala said in a statement for Djibouti, this is an important story that highlights the great biodiversity of the country and region and shows there are opportunities for new science and research here. I love these stories because we're always told that man is pretty much ruining the earth. But we keep coming up with new species or the, or the rediscovery of ones that they thought were lost. The researchers found this uh, relative of the elephant after setting more than 1,200 traps at 12 locations during a 2019 expedition using a bait composed of, uh, comprised of peanut butter, oatmeal, and yeast. Uh, as luck would have it, they caught Sengi in the first trap they set. Okay. Uh, usually when we discover, we, usually when we rediscover lost species, we find just one or two individuals that have to act quickly to try to prevent their imminent extinction. Robin Moore, a Search for Lost Species program, said, this is a welcome and wonderful rediscovery during a time of turmoil for our planet. See, they can't be happy. they got to warn you that it's still terrible out there. <laughs> got to get that in there, yep. During a time of turmoil for our planet, and one that fills us with renewed hope for remaining small mammal species on our most wanted list, such as the DeWinton Golden Mole, a relative of the Sangi in the Illin Island Cloud Runner. Uh, okay, uh, whatever the hell that is. Okay, uh, well, anyway, uh, it can't be that bad out there if science rediscovers a, a creature that they lost sight of in 1968. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Sure. Staff? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Hey, you nailed They're kind of ugly little animals, though. Of course well, they're yeah. big, John, that's big not schnoz. very nice. I get the big schnoz. If I found one in my corner, I'd be very, you know, for time. time. Yeah. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India. It's on this date in Minnesota history, August 20th. They come to us from our friend Tom Lyman in Mumbai, India. Uh, in 1892, on St. Paul's east side, a five-story building collapsed into Swede Hollow. The structure, home to 12 stores and 25 families, had been built on a landfill. Luckily, the tenants managed to evacuate the building before it slid into the hollow. In wow. 1904, on this date... A tornado with 110 mile per hour winds blew down the St. Paul High Bridge and killed 14 people in the Jeez. Twin Cities in Stillwater. Wow. Yeah. wow. Huh. In 1928, on this date, a tornado struck Austin, Minnesota, killing five. That's on I know this those date. Are very positive, Joe. They're not, but only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, I feel uh, necessary uh, to offer them to the great residents of Gumption County. <laughs> Where in our city hall, great murals still exist, uh, painted by John Norton, a student of Diego Rivera. All right? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. And uh, please, GLers, uh, lead me to John Strominger, Minnesota House District 67A. Lead me to John, because I feel my emails did not reach him. Thank you, GLers. Hey, and don't forget, Sioux Falls, South Dakota is the right size community with the right business climate at the right time to grow your business. Get relief from excessive restrictions and costs. Expand or relocate your business to Sioux Falls. It all starts with the visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Hey, positive note on Positive Thursday. Talk to me. We're talking to our old pal Sourdough Slim on Monday's show. Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. great. Old pal Sourdough Slim. 
a very fitting time to talk to him. This would have been about the time of the state fair when we got to know Sourdough. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, of course, lived through that horrible fire in Paradise, California. And uh, he's going to, he could not join us at that time. It was too emotional for him. Uh, But now he's up and ready and performing again and out there. And and we're going to have our old pal Sourdough Slim on the Monday show. Very good. Now, I have a question. Okay. Can we play his music? If it's his music, of course. Mm, Yeah, with his permission, yes. Well, he would give us his permission because I have his albums. Then you're going to have to find a way to get them to me. I will. Okay. Rook could pick them up. There we go. Well, isn't he coming in? uh, He could either pick them up Friday or Monday. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to get him. Because wouldn't it be fun to have sourdough bumps? Oh, it would. It with, absolutely would be. Yeah. With sourdough on the show? Mm-hmm. I'll make a note to myself right now. Would you put it on a yellow sticky note and put it on your dashboard? Yep. <laughs> Those were always fun shows. Remember Johnny Height? Classic cowboy songs? He did, yes. Tons Johnny Height? Yes. Do you remember, who was the great? Uh, he had a saw player with him at the fair the last oh, time that's we had right. him. And he, that was the saw player who did some of the. Uh, uh, studio music for uh, the Jack Nicholson movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, the cool. Yeah. Well, let yeah. me see if I can find his name. I doubt yeah. it. But oh, maybe. was that was that wonderful? How recently that was, was that? Why do I not remember that? Oh, it had to be what three, yes. f- four years ago. Oh, that recently. We had sourdough every chance we could get him once we met him. Yep. Robert Armstrong. Robert Armstrong. Name. And he played player. the saw. Oh, yep. God, was that good. It's kind of like that. You know? Sounded just like it. Sounded just like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. See you later. The technical miracle that was GL Podcast episode number uh, that was 441. Hey, how you doing there, brah? 441. Don't forget about Pod MN. It's the only podcast app that's made for Minnesota. You can find past episodes of Garage Logic and others, maybe about, I don't know, sports, news, comedy, true crime, family talk, so much more. There's also a chance to win rewards each and every time that you listen. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play stores. Pod MN. Listen local. Bulletin. Yes, sir. Uh, would, you, would you like to have Bob Kroll as a guest tomorrow? I think we should. I'm going to uh, take care of that. Uh, well, we're going to ask him. I, I just got Bob's number. We'll ask him. Maybe he'll come on tomorrow. Very good. 